we did it again. You downloaded the right one today. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Back to the Teacher. The only podcast where it's perfectly fine and 100% acceptable to talk back, clap back, and more importantly, laugh back at and with your favorite teacher. I decided to record a couple episodes featuring former students who have chosen a path and a career in military service. When it boils down to it, I have a handful who have made this choice and I could not be prouder of them. My guest today presently is 4,655 miles away from where we met uh, about a dozen years ago. And right now, he's 3,772 miles away from our current residences. Yes, I'm using air quotes when I say residences. Even with that large number of miles between us, we are still both in the U.S. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Nevertheless, we found a way to navigate time changes and to make it happen. Thank goodness for the internet and technology. Today, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Technical Sergeant Travis Sly. From the United States Air Force, Travis has been serving for about a decade now. Actually, a little bit later this month, we'll bring up the anniversary of when he first enlisted. He's seen a lot, and we discuss his military journey, Air Force career, and what that choice to enlist has done for him and his growth. That all starts now, on this episode of Talking Back to the Teacher. First and foremost, were you born in Florida? I was originally born in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, I thought. See, I thought I had a feeling you weren't like a natural-born Floridian. But when I met you, gosh, was this was this your freshman year of high school? Um, I, feel I like think I maybe I don't know. High school's a blur, but yes, I, I think it, it would have been earlier on in high school for sure. And then you graduated what year? Twenty thirteen. In my head, that's what I calculated to, 2013. At some point after high school, you went to the Air Force, right? Yep. Was that immediately after high school? It was about uh, six months. If we graduate high school in, what is it, like May, June? I enlisted February 4th of 2014. I guess I'm curious as to what made you choose the Air Force of all the military branches and divisions? Because it was the pretty much the best option, in my opinion for the route that I was looking to go. It's not as tailored to like the infantry mindset as some of the other branches, and then I would never want to be on a boat for a very long period of time. Gotcha. So did you learn how to fly? No, I have not learned how to fly. I do not fly airplanes. Right now, you're still in the Air Force, like still enlisted, still a part of the Air Force? Like, Yes, I'm still in. I actually just re-enlisted in December of last year for another it's four and some change so it'll put me um i think around 13 years in after this enlistment so it started in 2014 uh i went to basic military training in san antonio texas i went to a technical training school right after in the same location um to be a military police uh officer in the in the uh not an officer but just military police and then from there, my first assignment was in England, about an hour north of London. Okay. And about like 30 minutes uh, from like Cambridge. And I was there for about two years. I got there in August, around August of 2014 mm-hmm. is when I got to England. And that started like my first assignment really within the uh, the Air Force. 
from there, I was there for two years. Traveled a little bit to a couple countries, kind of lived it up. I was 19 at the time, so I could legally drink. <laughs> okay, okay. So that, that made it somewhat, like, interesting, right? Interesting. But I was also super young, right? And in another country, finding myself, finding, learning my ways. And then from there, I went to Maryland. After that assignment, I was at Joint Base Andrews, so it's right outside of D.C. Yeah, I know where that is. I've actually, I've actually been there. Yeah. Um, I know my family took a vacation there when I was still in high school, and we saw like all of D.C. We saw Maryland. We saw Virginia. But I remember the bases that we saw. Um, I remember being in Langley, Virginia. I remember being, um, you know, obviously the monuments that you see in historical sites inside and around D.C., but I remember bases as well. Yeah, those are always really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. It was it was definitely an awesome experience to be within the capital and not just traveling there because, I mean, you can go to the national park, right, like every weekend and they have like kickball tournaments, softball tournaments, they, like so many things go on over there and it's, there's always something to do within, within D.C. It's definitely a political environment, unfortunately. Um, it drives a lot of the things out there, but it was, it was good. It was a good environment to, uh, to kind of like learn and, and be in while I was there. I moved like five different times. I lived in Virginia at one point, Maryland, um, and then like super like South Virginia over by like Dulles airport at one point. So, okay. And then I actually deployed out of, uh, joint base Andrews as well. Um, and when you deployed, you went where I went to Qatar. So you went to Qatar. The Air Force is taking you to a couple different continents now then, right? So obviously North America, you saw some of Europe. Um, yep. Where else have you gone in your travels? I've um I've been to Asia. I've went to I've been to Tokyo. I've been to southern Japan. I've been to Hiroshima. I'd say like those are pretty much the big ones that I've been to. Okay. And then now like a I think I've I mean just probably from some social media, I, I've seen you in a couple different places. But I was like, this dude's getting around. It's kind of cool. Like, you get to see, literally see the world as a serviceman, uh, as a part of the, the U.S. Air Force. And I think that's pretty impressive. I think it's amazing. I always tip my hat to all servicemen and women, uh, individuals, specifically because I don't know if that is a career choice I could have ever made. When people refer to the brave <laughs> and the folks who defend our country and who serve, that's a unique choice, and I commend you for making that. That's that's a selfless choice. I'll say that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and it's uh, it has its moments. I think there's times where it can take take that kind of like selfless route, but also it's just doing like it's the same thing as if you're doing a normal job anywhere else. You're just forced to move. Yeah. Because uh, every job, like a a military base, is essentially just like a little city, right? They have to yeah. have everyone do their part. You have cooks, you have, you know, police, you have CE, like, so, like, everything to make the base function, there's usually a military member, it just happens that they have to move, you can't just stay in that one location for a prolonged uh, time unless you're lucky. Like you said, you've moved a lot, you've, you've called a lot of places, you're, like, temporary, like, living residences. Has any place that you have gone and been stationed at or stayed for an extended period of time felt like a place you would call home? Probably not. I haven't really found, like, that location yet. I, I just really, I also am really enjoying, like, traveling the world and seeing the world. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I can't really say I've found a place that I would be like, you know what, I want to come back here and like stay here at the end. 
I haven't really found that yet. I'm still looking. We'll see. But currently just super, super into like working in the, in the job and jobbing it. Haven't really thought about the end game of retirement or like where I'm going to live once I'm done. So I remember, and I can't specifically remember what year this was. I'm going to say it was probably maybe three or four years ago. I feel like you posted a picture maybe with a family member and you were somewhere in Ohio. Do you remember where you were? Yeah, so I was out I was just outside of Cincinnati, I think. Uh, right Patterson Air Force Base? No, so I was actually visiting family at the time. My grandparents, oddly enough, my grandparents who had been in Florida for most of their life, retired to Ohio. They so wait, wait. They went from Florida to Ohio? Yes. And then that's the opposite of my professional journey. And that never happens. Let me just go ahead and say that it is so hard. To, I won't say convince, but it's it's hard to see someone relocating from Florida to Ohio. It was actually it's actually Indiana, but it's like right along the border of the two states. Um, but yeah, it was super interesting when they decided that they wanted to retire north instead of stay, which they've actually came back down to Florida recently within the past couple of years to then re-retire down here. <laughs> <laughs> to re-retire. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So right now, I think you told me you are stationed in the U.S., but you are in Alaska. Correct, which technicality basis I am considered overseas. You are overseas. Techn technically, by the military and government standard, I am overseas, yes. If you were in Hawaii, would you be considered overseas as well? Yes. Okay, so anywhere that's not a part of the continental U.S. right there attached, like the puzzles we would build as a kid, that's considered overseas? Yes, uh, it is. And the, the funny thing is when you when you live in Alaska, there's a lot of different terms that you, you utilize. One of those being the lower 48. They don't. They don't call it. They don't call it the continental U.S. up here. They call it's it the, the lower, lower 48. 48. But the lower 48 does not include Hawaii. No. <laughs> so I, I don't know much about Alaska. I do know that I've had family members take Alaskan cruises, which to me sounds extremely cold. But sell me on Alaska based on what you've seen thus far. I would say to live in Alaska, you would if you lived in Anchorage, that's where you would live. It gets cold there, but not like extremely cold like it does in Fairbanks. So I live in interior Alaska. Okay. I live about six and a half hours north of Anchorage. Okay, so you're wow. Yeah. I forget how big Alaska is, but it is a huge state. Quite massive. And yeah. I would say like to live in Alaska, for one you need to live in Anchorage. And for two, you would be a you would have to be a you would most likely be like a snowbird. The summer months are beautiful. It's okay. It's quite amazing up here, like what you can see and do in the summer. And most cruises in Alaska take place in the summer as well. And okay. that's the time when the sun is up the whole time, and pretty much you get the most bang for your buck, I would say. Interior Alaska, there's nothing I can really sell you to to want to live up here. It's um yeah no, it's pretty desolate up here for sure. So if, if you've had any downtime, what have you been able to experience in Alaska? So there's a hot springs up here uh, okay. where I'm located. It's about 45 minutes north of me. And it's pretty much just this natural hot spring. And you can, it's negative 30 degrees outside and you're just in this extremely warm hot spring. And you're able to just stare at the northern lights because it's pitch black outside. That's the next thing I was going to ask about the northern lights. Okay. 
Imagine to set the scene, imagine it's like a full moon for you and you walk in the backyard and you're like, man, the moon looks great. Up here, it's the exact same thing, but the northern lights. So it's like, man, the like people will just say the lights are out tonight and they'll walk in their backyard and just you'll have this amazing aurora of northern lights stretched That's across excellent. the sky. Okay. I love it. So in my role as a school counselor, we have this acronym called CCMR and okay. it stands for career college or military readiness. So much of academic advising and academic counseling of what students are going to do after they graduate high school traditionally focuses on college or like a four-year university or college, a community college, junior college, or like a trade school. The military part has a, a lot of benefits for students. All of my students that have graduated and enlisted, they all have the some of the greatest and best stories of, of growing up, maturing, um, experiencing things differently than what a student who may have gone off directly into the workforce may have done or someone who decided to pursue that academia route in a two-year or four-year school. Do you have any regrets about your choice to enlist? Um, absolutely not. not. Not even a single one. Like at all, I I think about it quite often about just like what I've been able to accomplish within my life because of the military. I would not be where I'm at today if I had not enlisted into the military when I did. That's great. I don't know if you remember back to February of 2014, but do you know what your biggest fear about enlisting was? I'd say a little bit just like the unknown of like what is to come right you you hear a lot of stories from other people or you know people that have enlisted it was a different time maybe when they were in the military or whatever you name it you name the story um but it was it was my journey that i i was having to embark on and and take and that unknown was was a little bit i would say a little bit terrifying because i was 18 at the time i turned 19 in basic military training but i was 18 when i had joined and got to texas I'm glad your experience has been positive. When I was in Florida, I had an opportunity to have a couple different students who had enlisted come back and they'd speak to some of my classes. I've done the same thing in Texas when I was a classroom educator and we've got, you know, an ROTC program and we have veterans that teach on that teach, you know, history classes and other subjects and they have some of the best stories of serving in various different administrations in the U.S. So that's always been a, it's great to get a different and a unique perspective from each person who has served, especially when their military career has advanced and it has taken them to different continents, different countries, and they've seen the world from a different worldview. Um, they always say that you see it from the worldview in which you were raised and what you have built based on what you've experienced and i just think it's pretty cool to hear the experience that uh that you've had with it so thank you one for sharing that and i'm glad it's been a positive one that you do not regret yeah absolutely there's definitely been times throughout uh, my career that i've hit you know those low points um my first four years i would say were probably the the toughest mm -hmm. they were the most they were some of the most fun i've ever had but also some of the toughest times i think i've ever had because i was still i think like finding myself as like just a person right and the job I was doing at the time was was very just not there was no job satisfaction like whatsoever not even a little not even a little bit I think for the first couple of years which that was part of the like I think the soul searching of me was like finding like what it is exactly like I'm looking to do and I still don't even know what I, I really want to do mm -hmm. um, but those my first job was not uh, was not what I was 
what I was like really like searching for, to be honest. Since then, do you feel like you have found more of your niche based on just knowing a little bit more about yourself, um, seeing what um, the Air Force has to offer for you? Um, did, did a lot of that kind of just come with maturity or just finding a better sense of self, you think? Uh, a little bit of both. So I think for sure maturity um, plays a, a big part in it of just like what exactly it is like I'm trying to do with like my life, right? That, right. That'd probably be the first thing. And then the second thing would be just over time, just learning exactly like what it is that gave me that drive to want to do certain things. And at the time, what I was doing was essentially just, I was a security guard, right? Like, but for military assets. Right. And it was extremely boring, extremely monotonous. And, you know, because if you think about it, a good day as a security guard or police officer, right? Nothing happens. That's a good day. That's a good day. Yeah. Oh, okay. So... But at the same time, like, that's a bad day for you, like, maybe potentially mentally, because it's like, man, like, what what do I have to show for the day? No one shoplifted or, you know, no one potentially, like, tried to do harm to someone else. Like, that's awesome. And that's super great. But that job satisfactory piece, like, compared to, like, a teacher, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, you educated someone. Um, Try other, <laughs> Yeah. Other jobs, you know, like, if you're building something or managing something, like, you have a little bit more to show for your work. Um, and I think that's a big thing that... I think younger people sometimes are like searching for is that job satisfaction. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of hard to find sometimes. I agree with that. Definitely true. And I'm, I'm glad you found that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take too much of your time, but I, I do want to kind of rewind time, I guess maybe to like 2009, 2010. I don't know what class you were in, but I remember two things that you made. It had to have been some kind of a like screen print or like design class. And I don't know if you remember this or not. You made a shirt for me that had a logo on it. Yep. And it looked like a Puma logo. However, it was like a warthog jumping over or in the air with a Pumba sign on it. Yep. And I remember this because this was in an era of extremely tall tees that would come down almost to your knees. And I gave you this shirt. And number one, I still have it. Number two, I wear it all the time. And it, people have complimented me on this shirt. I'm going to, I promise you for at least 13, 14 years. Dude, that shirt's hilarious. And it was a bright white t-shirt at the time. It's not bright white anymore because it's tie-dyed. People would ask me for the longest. Like, where'd you get that? I'm like, man, my dude Travis made this for me. It was a project he did. And then also, I remember you made a, it was like a monster logo. It was a decal. And it was red and I loved it because one, it looked like it was a, I liked that monster logo. It kind of looked like an M, but I don't know, kind of like it was jagged and kind of slashed out or something. And then it kind of went with the the black and gray and red theme of like Ohio state and my high school and just different, like the color scheme I like to wear the most, but it's the small things like that. It's like a prized possession of mine that I'm like, yes, dude named Travis Sly gave it to me. And I think that's pretty awesome. Number one, Thank you for that. And number two, do you still dabble with a creative side here and there? Or, or is that just something you did for a class? First off, you're welcome. Uh, it, it was super awesome to be able to, to have an impact like that um, for you. It, looking back now, like I, I never would have thought the impact that it would have had right, like at the time. But it's super awesome to know that that's the legacy that it kind of like lived on throughout the, the many years. Um, it was a computer design class that I was yeah. taking. I think like the project was you had to make a shirt and then like we were doing like screen, like a uh, shirt pressing, whatever. 
and I remember, I think I was like, man, what could I, what could I do with this? And, and I think I probably had watched Lion King recently or was doing something. And, and that's <laughs> where the idea came from was yeah. the, the Pumbaa from, from Lion King. I was like, you know what? Like, let's see how this turns out. Right. It, it turned out the way it did and it, it, it meshed and it made sense. And, and here we are now. Um, I do not currently really dabble in, I think the creative thinking that I, I used to, um, now it's a lot more as I've grown and like furthered my career. It's a lot more like I don't have much time to do the the creative side, which I, I probably once did. You mentioned the word career, and one of the last things I want to ask you is specifically your military career. Do you still have items on like a checklist or bucket list that you would like to do um, as a part of the United States Air Force? Uh, there are. It changes, I think, as I continue to progress and like just learn who I am as a person. I think the next bucket list item, I think, is to live within Asia. I've, I've wanted to live, like, maybe in each continent. Like, that would maybe be, like, a huge bucket list thing um, mm-hmm. to, to say that I've lived in each continent for an extended period of time. But right now, I'm just I'm just greatly enjoying, like, being able to at least feel impactful to, you know, United States, right, our government, to a point. Yeah. Um, I think that's, like, the big just overarching bucket list item is like is like making a difference versus just kind of existing and going day by day i like that making a difference and having an impact a lot of times i guess when i have conversations with students i always say things like why are we still friends i i want to say this like i have enjoyed kind of have a view or a little bit of a view through social media or just kind of of the journey of your life and i'll tell you this I'm, i was honored to have you as a student glad of the achievements you've made and i'm really thankful that number one you've taken the time for this quick interview and also that you've chosen to enlist in the military and serve in the united states air force so thank you for that i hope when people see you especially if you're in uniform that they do recognize the sacrifice that you make on a daily basis not just like oh you did it once like no it's ongoing it's continual. you're continually in the u.s air force and a part of the military so I want to say thank you for that, and I appreciate your time. And if you have any final thoughts, feel free to share them. Yeah, no, definitely. And and I appreciate you having me on and, and just, like, taking the time out to just have a chat. It's uh, it's not um, often that you can just kind of, like, sit down and just reflect on, like, kind of, like, the things that's that's happened. I would say, like, the friendship that we have has not been one where it's, like, a continuous communicating friendship, but a, like, outside looking in of just, like, seeing each other's life and how it's progressed since um you know we first met like early on in high school so it's definitely been a a great friendship in that way and it's it's nice to just sit down and and casually have a conversation on just what we've essentially been going through or what we've been doing so i am super appreciative of the opportunity of coming on i thank you i appreciate you um enjoy your time in alaska i would say something like stay warm but um As long as you're there, I'm sure you'll soak it up. And then um, I can't wait to see where your journey takes you next. Yeah, awesome. No, thanks. That'll do it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Back to the Teacher, Ham Radio. I'd like to thank my guest today, Travis Sly. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. Uh, If you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe, like it, follow it on whatever streaming platform you prefer to listen to your podcast on. If by chance you haven't discovered it on the podcast platform of your choice, shoot me a message and let me know which one that is, and I'll be sure to add it. I'm growing, I'm expanding, I'm learning this thing one day at a time. Thank you for listening. 
and stay tuned for the next episode of Talking Back to the Teacher, Ham Radio.